0: How is everybody this morning? Man, it is so good to have everybody here together, isn't it? If you're new with us this morning, I want to say a special welcome to you. Um, And just know that this morning for us, we call this a family reunion gathering. And that's because the the people sitting around you are um, kind of a collection of all of our house churches that meet throughout the week and our gathering that happens in Northern Kentucky and the gathering that happens here. And we all get to come together this morning. And so we're just excited to get to do that. Um, we have a lot of things that we're going to do this morning. Um, we came um, to hear about Nepal and the trip and the team that went there. We came. Um, In a minute, we're going to get to pray over the Costanza family and send them out to um, plant their house church. But, man, all of that, I want to remind us of this this morning before we start, that all of that is about Jesus. We are here this morning because There's one who has been faithful even when we weren't faithful. There's one whose name is above every other name. One who is the king over all the kings, Lord over all the lords. And this morning, everything that we do is about him. And his name is Jesus. And we get to come and sing to him and worship him. And all the the stuff that we're going to do this morning is just about praising and glorifying and lifting up his name. Um, A couple of quick announcements before we jump in. Um, Three weeks from now is Resurrection Sunday at Easter. Um, We'll get to celebrate that together. It'll be another time where we'll all get to be together, but we won't be here. We'll be at our Northern Kentucky location, the Arbor House in Independence. Um, So that's three weeks from now. And it's a little bit of a special morning. If you've done Easter with us before, you know that we will have a, a potluck breakfast that morning. Um, and potluck means that you have to bring the food. I want to make that really clear. This is really, really important to me, especially, that you bring lots of good food that morning. Um, so we'll have our potluck breakfast at 9.30. Um, and it's really going to kind of, we're going to integrate that. It's going to be part of the morning. Um, so we encourage you to be there. So Easter starts at 9.30 um, at the Arbor House in Independence. Okay. Um, I want to, oh yeah, anybody's feet cold? Yeah, my feet are cold. Thank you for, for removing your shoes before you came in this morning. We, this morning, we want to have a, a, a kind of like a Nepali feel to our worship service this morning. And um, everywhere we went in Nepal, um, every time that we would step foot into where they, um, where they gathered as the church, Um, They held very um, in a place of honor, and so part of that would be removing our shoes before we went in, and so thank you for doing that this morning. Um, You're going to see us um, put some scarves on people. That's another thing that we got lots of, um, most of the pictures you see of us in Nepal, we had a scarf around our neck because we were their honored guests, and they would put a scarf around our neck to to welcome us and to honor us. And so we're going to do a little bit of that this morning, and then I want to teach you a little greeting. Um, you guys have probably heard the term Namaste, right? It's a very traditional Nepali greeting, and so you you put your hands together like this, and you kind of give a little bow, and you say Namaste. Let's see, let, come on. Let's practice Namaste. Good, good. And then this is the one that I love. We so we um, got to be around some Christians there, and and the, the greeting that the Christians use is a little bit different, and, and it's this word "Jemasi." Jemasi, can you say that? Jemasi, and I, it means um, <laughs> excuse me, it means victory in the Messiah, victory in Jesus, and so that's the greeting that we're going to use this morning. Jemasi, Jemasi, very good, thank you. So we'll get we'll practice that a few more times probably this morning. Um, I want to um, invite the Costanza family up. Actually, yeah, you guys come on. And I also want to I want to invite Pastor Mark, our honored guest, Pastor Mark, this morning. Jamieson. Thank you. Thank you. Pastor Mark, can you help me um, yes, yes. with our with our friends here, the Costanza family, Jamieson? Like I said, you know, this church, living church, is a, made up of a collection of house churches. The life of our church happens, a big part of it happens within homes, and we're just so excited this morning to get to um, send the Costanza family to share in what God's been doing in them as they go to, to plant their house church um, that they'll be leading. So I'm going to ask Chris to invite or to introduce your family
1: and then just share a brief minute about what, what God's doing. Sure, sure. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you also. Um, let me introduce my family to you. This is my wife, Betsy, my daughter, Eva, and my son, Quinn. <laughs> They're very friendly. Say hi to them later. <laughs> but um, this is really cool. I saw the pictures of you guys with all these on, and I was like, wow, pretty neat. So... Um, Just a little bit about what God has been doing um, in our world. Um, I would say uh, probably about a year, not even a year and a half ago, we started to, uh, well, God was calling us to, like, reach our neighbors, you know? And how do we do that? And we just felt burdened to start a Bible study in our neighborhood. And we did that, yeah, it's been a little over a year or more ago now. And um, so we were doing that every other Sunday morning you know, trying to reach out to our neighbors, do a Bible study and, and it and it went well. We just continued chugging along there for a good year. And that whole time God was just preparing us, preparing us to actually change that Bible study into an actual church in our house. And um, so so we've been we've been doing house church for a couple couple weeks now and um We've got a good group of foundational people that are with us, the Tolls and the Salmons, and we've got some friends that aren't here today, the Chinchillas that that are with us. They're faithful every Sunday and um, every other Sunday, and, uh, and it's just been great so far. So we're really excited to see what God is going to continue to do, who he's going to reach in our neighborhoods, in our community, how he's going to... Just do his thing. So we just totally trust that he's gonna do it. It's nothing that we do, not in our own power. It's all all Jesus and him wanting to to reach people and, and use us to do that. So I'm excited that my whole family is able to do this together. You know, like everyone lives at home still, so we're all we're all there. We're all looking for opportunities to um to reach people for Jesus in our house church. So That's what's been going on. Thanks. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna invite our other house church pastors and elders to come up, and we're gonna lay hands on them and pray over them. Maybe you said this, but where is where is your house church meeting?
1: Our house church is in
0: Anderson Township. And are, are, are we calling it something? Anything? The Honeywood House Church. That's the name of your street, right? Honeywood House Church. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to ask uh, our elder Josh to pray.
2: Yes.
3: <clears throat> God, we thank you for your promise that you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I thank you that your church doesn't have to be built. Um, <laughs> in a grand building. God, your church is built among your people. Your church is built where your people gather. and I thank you so much for the heart that the Costanza family has to build your church and to see the victory of your church and to get to see it stand against the gates of hell. God, we pray that you would keep your promise and that you would keep your church (laughs) that's gathering in the Costanzas home. I pray that you would bless the Costanzas and just give them um, the grace and the strength and the power of Jesus Mm -hmm. as they help to lead your church and shepherd your flock. God, I pray that you would remind them that you are the great shepherd. You are the great shepherd over all the other shepherds Mm -hmm. and that they can lean on you and trust in you And that they, um, as they help to lead, they aren't doing it alone because they're doing it with other leaders and other pastors. But most importantly, they're doing it with you, the good shepherd. So God, I pray that um, you would just give them encouragement when they feel discouraged, that you would give them strength when they feel weak. And remind them that your strength is made perfect in weakness. And I pray that your church would grow. I pray that you um, would make new disciples and bring more people into your church and into your kingdom. I pray that the Costanzos would get to be a part of that. That they would strengthen your disciples and make new disciples. I just think of the line that Hanson put in his video that he made for us. That you uh, don't call those who are qualified. You qualify those who you have called to serve your church and to lead. God, you've called them and I thank you that we've seen how you've qualified them. I pray that you would just keep reminding them that you're with them, that you're the one who qualifies them even when they don't feel qualified, that you're the one who's called them and they wouldn't forget it. God, thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you love the Costanza family. We love you and we entrust them and their house church to your care. We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Hanson is actually from India. And while he was in India um, going to Bible training school, God gave him a real burden for Nepal to just share the love of Jesus with people in Nepal. And so through that burden, um, he ends up going to Nepal and connecting with Pastor Jeebin, who you saw in the video. And Pastor Jeebin uh, kind of leads a children's home, and so Hanson served there for five years. And so since that time, this is about 12 years ago or so, Hansen is, is married now. They're expecting their first child in June, um, which we're super excited about. And some people ask, well, how did you get connected with Hansen? And honest, it's... Hanson and I got connected through Facebook. That's, that's the honest truth. About 10 years ago, I got a spontaneous random message from Facebook from this guy named Hanson on Easter Sunday that said, Happy Easter, Pastor. And I was just like, who, who is this guy? I have no idea who you are. Why are you randomly sending me a message on, through Facebook? So I didn't do anything with it. A whole year goes by. Next Easter Sunday, same message. Happy Easter, Pastor. I'm like, who are you? I, I've never met you. I don't know. what. Why are you reaching out to me? Did nothing with that. Two years now. Third year rolls around. Guess what happened? Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, Pastor. And at that point, the Spirit of God began to prick in my heart and go, maybe you need to respond. I'm a little slow to the response, right? But maybe I need to follow up with that. And so Hans and I, I said, happy Easter to you. Who are you? <laughs> you know, I don't know who you are. Tell me about yourself. So we just started talking through Facebook and different things and through conversation. Um, our family sent them some, some Bibles and Nepali and just began to grow a friendship and so really over 10 years, he and I have just been chatting and talking. And this was the first time we got to meet one another in person. And so meeting him, as I shared, was just a huge encouragement. Hansen has such a love for Jesus and such a love for the Nepali people and culture. It's so obvious Um, that he loves them and he loves them so much he wants them to know about jesus and so that's why he's there that's why he served in the children's home for five years that's why he started this training center Um, and so we're just going to share a little bit about the trip with you all and and you'll hear from each one of us and then um, so i just wanted to share a little bit about hansen and who he is with you guys but part of his journey of being in nepal was this burden to start a training center to take people who've come to know jesus and train them in what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so he rented out this home, kind of made it like a boarding school. And then, yeah, we kind of, he just kind of started from there and then it's kind of blossomed into this school of, of discipleship training. And and Micah's going to share a little bit about that with us. So, hey,
0: Pastor Mark, yeah, before yeah. Micah goes, yeah. I heard maybe that there are some people here from Nepal this morning. I think you heard correctly. Is that true, Matt? Oh, that's true. Could we... <laughs>
2: Yeah. If you're from Nepal, the, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Hello, my friends from Nepal. <laughs> uh, if you would, please, uh, if you could, could come up here, please. We can't have Nepalis in the room and not honor you. I mean, come on. So. Thank you for coming and being our guests. So awesome! These guys are our friends, and they're awesome. We've known them for some of them for a long time, and some of them for a little bit. But we're really honored that you came. So thank you for coming, and uh, we love you guys. So.
4: And I'll say, um, Beniac especially became the most valuable player in volleyball <laughs> right, during the during spring break, right? So. Um, awesome to have you you all here with us today. We're honored that you would be here. Um, so as I said, Hanson started this training center. Mike, you, what, describe kind of your experience being in the training center and kind of what they're doing there, if you would.
5: So Mark didn't go into very much detail, but a real bromance blossomed between him and, him and Hanson while we were there. Um, you know, they say a picture says a thousand words, and... Meeting someone in person, even for like a half an hour, is like a thousand Zoom calls. So I think all of us going over there, Mark had had dozens and dozens of interactions with Hansen where he really felt like he trusted him. He trusted his heart, trusted what he was doing. And I think a lot of other leaders here had had some of those experiences as well. Uh, but you really have no clue what someone's doing, especially in a culture you've never been in, until you, I mean, like spending a half an hour in a room really just suddenly goes, okay, now I understand what's going on here. Whereas... You could get all the information you could over a Zoom call or an email, whatever else other form of information you can take. And you're just not really gonna fully comprehend what the goals are, what the space is like, what, how they interact with their community. So um, yeah, we, my wife Lisa and I have been to Nepal many, many times, um, pretty much always in Kathmandu, which is you know the capital, it's a major city. It's very different from going to the countryside. So I always tell people that like the culture shock going from the US to Kathmandu is almost equaled by the culture shock of going from Kathmandu to the countryside. Uh, So we were in Duran. um, We flew into Bharatnagar, kind of near India, very close to India, um, where they are at. And some of the pastors that we met are in Duran, which is a small city, and a lot of them are actually up in the mountains most of the time. And they would come back and forth a few hours to visit, to connect with other pastors and things like that. So... The training center that Hanson has set up is basically just a big house. Uh, It's in the middle of a neighborhood. Sometimes they have to be quiet because the neighbors don't like them being so loud so late at night. Like, just imagine um, a a college ministry that would be in a house in the middle of a neighborhood. Uh, That's similar to what the feel of what Hanson's space is like there. Um, They have, from what I understood... (laughs) He didn't give us a full, like, here's, he, they told us a lot of the classes they do. I mean, they teach, basically, they, they take Christians who have have decided to follow Jesus in a culture where there's sometimes, depending on where you live, very limited education anyway, and um, let alone understanding anything about who, knowing who Jesus is. Um, most of them had not heard of him until whoever their pastor is came and told them about him. So um, they take a lot of Christians. Some of them were, a lot of them were younger, teens or college age, but a few of them were uh, probably in their 40s. And they go through Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, the life of Jesus, how to evangelize, and a handful of other classes that are taught by, Hansen teaches most of them. Simon, who you saw in some of the videos, uh, taught, teaches a lot of them as well. He's kind of Hansen's right-hand man for the training center. And then some other pastors from the area, like uh, Jeban, who te- runs the, the Children's Home, uh, they all pick up the last handful of classes. So it's really Hanson. And then Hanson is not a pastor, which is a big deal in their culture. People kind of hold hold you within the church within Nepal to a different level of esteem and a different level of expectation if you're officially an ordained pastor. So Hanson is the ultimate networker. He is like an entrepreneur to the thousandth degree. He knows everyone. He goes everywhere. He's helped everyone start whatever they're starting. So if there's a church here, Hanson probably helped them find whatever they needed to do it. And if there's a network of pastors over here, Hanson's probably at the center of it. But he's not actually a pastor. And so in some ways, he's um, disadvantaged among other leaders because they look up to their own pastors and don't necessarily hold him at the same level of of authority. But he has just done, kind of like Mark said in that video, an insane amount of groundwork for everyone around him within, like, (laughs) 50 mile radius. (laughs) He probably knows a pastor and has given them something, uh, to help them move forward in whatever they're trying to accomplish. Um, so he came to Nepal. He wasn't sure how to speak Nepali when he first moved there because he speaks Hindi because he's from India. And for years he gave out tracks at subway or like train stations and bus stops and finally kind of picked up Nepali because it's pretty similar. And, uh, he was working in the children's home for years and years and always felt like what he wanted to do was more evangelistic and more gospel oriented. And it's interesting if you spend a couple days with Simon and Hanson and these guys and really get into the weeds of what their stories are. You know, Hanson has been a Christian for a very long time. Simon has become a Christian in his adulthood. It's more fresh for him. And he also comes from more of a Nepali village mindset. Even uh, to talk to the two of them, you start to see. Differences in the way they think about their theology, even though for them it's all practical all the time. Uh, Simon will be like, we just go and ask people what they need and pray for them to be healed. And when they get healed, we talk to them about Jesus. And Hanson's like, well, I don't want to lean too much into that because if somebody doesn't get healed. And then that means what what do they think about Jesus? So it's very interesting even to talk to them and start to understand they're having (laughs) these very, but they're very ground level practical conversations. Um, So their students... um, I don't, do you know how long they're in the school? About nine months. Okay, nine months. So they kind of held off their graduation ceremony for when we would be in the country. Uh, they really, they thought it was a huge, huge honor to us. It's it's always interesting to go cross-culturally like that because you feel like an inconvenience or like you just want to honor those people. They just want to honor you. And it's almost like an awkwardness of who can honor who. Uh, so <laughs> they are constantly, you know, giving you extreme hospitality and saying we just are so thankful you're here you've made everyone's day and we're like we're just sitting here like you know we're doing this right now and it's the greatest thing we could have ever done so um we went to their graduation ceremony we were kind of the honored guests even though I don't know that we contributed (laughs) that much uh comparatively but um we got to meet all their students that were graduating, and many of them had already started different ministries with children in different parts of the city. I'm, I'm going to try to reach these Muslim children by teaching them to read and write and then talking to them about Jesus. I'm going to meet. So, we got to meet a lot of people who are doing those kind of things who are already, have not graduated yet, who are already trying to start ministries in different, you know, I'm going to go to this city right here next, that's 50 minutes away. I'm going to go to this part of town. And, um, so, really, really encouraging. Uh, fruit coming from there and we went on Sunday while we were there we planned it that way or I'm sorry Saturday because they have their services on Saturday we all got to go to different services some of us more than one and experience uh, church in a wide variety of settings um, and atmospheres and numbers of people so these guys are all going to share a little bit about uh, what their experiences were like at the different churches they attended and spoke at who shall commence? Go, go for it. Yeah. Me first.
3: So, um, yeah, there were six of us, and uh, like Micah said on Saturday, we kind of split up and went to different churches. Originally, I think our thought was we would all be going with Hanson to a church, but he told us we were too many white people and we couldn't all go to the same place. So it was best to split us up, which is probably a good idea. Um, but I got to go, uh, Pastor Mark and I were actually together, and we got to go to two different churches. I think uh, briefly there had been pictures of them up there uh, in the video that was put together, but um, Radhana Baptist Church and Abhishek Baptist Church, and um, I just have to say, like, at the beginning, Hanson had told us that he wanted us to each share at the churches, and he said, just give a, a word of encouragement, just a little word of encouragement, just like 20 or 25 minutes. And then he told us about it, reminded us. He's like, just, just something to encourage them, just like 35 or 40 minutes. And like every time he told us, it just kept getting longer. So uh, Mark and I went together. Um, the first church we went to was a little bit larger, um, a Radhana Baptist Church. And uh, originally, Mark and I thought we would both be sharing, but it ended up they wanted just Mark to share that one, and then I was going to share at the second church, so Mark stood up, and he preached um, an awesome sermon from Revelation about Jesus being the perfect king and the conquering king, and uh, you know, it ended up being, I don't know, 20 or 25 minutes, which is what we were originally told about, and after Mark was done, the deacon of the church came and stood up to thank us, and he said, thank you. It was a small word. <laughs> but it was a very good word. So Mark and I uh, at the churches, both got to share a small word. <laughs> but it was good. Um, but anyway, I man, the thing that I just took home from those churches, getting to go and share it them is, you know, when we were watching the video all together this morning, and I just saw them in their churches. Worshiping God together like I almost started crying a little bit and I don't cry Um, But just like in my heart. I just realized like man. I really miss them And I think that's the thing that I took away, you know me and mark were in the churches for I don't know each one for maybe 45 minutes and then had to go to the next one Um, But I just realized these are our brothers and sisters and they're our family and they worship God just the way we do In the first church we went to, um, as well, where Mark shared, um, the guy leading worship was uh, about my age. And I have to say, like, all of the people in Nepal, just, yeah, that's me, all of of the people in Nepal just, like, have really lush, dark hair. And then there's me, the bald guy. Uh, But that first church we went to, the guy leading worship was probably about 30, and he was another bald guy. And he had this, like big long beard and then I found out his name was Akash and my name is Josh so I don't know we probably don't have a picture of uh, Josh and Akash together but you know I think that was just a cool reminder that you know watching them do church is very different it's in a different language but there's so much of it that is the same and you know when they worship God even though it's in a different language they're worshiping God just like we are We're all worshiping the same God together, and it's really, it's just really beautiful. And uh, yeah, like I said, I miss them um, because they're our brothers and sisters. I know you
4: guys can talk about um, the experiences of the churches you went to, but I know also we talked about just sharing about the children's homes that we were, you guys, um, we were able to visit as well as Raj Kumar. if you wanna talk a little bit about that experience too.
2: Yeah, I think for me, like what was meaningful was you yeah, know the, the question that's on your mind is like, okay, like you've never met this person before, you never met this group of people. Right. And so you're wondering right, what are they gonna be like? And um you know it's interesting because I man, when I went over there, what I what I saw was man for them, like this was so real. Like following Jesus was so real for them. Like it was not like easy for them to be doing what they were doing, right? Like, I just want to make it clear. When we say that we give Hanson some money to do some stuff as a church, we actually don't give Hanson anything. We pay the rent for the building that he's renting out. And his wife works full-time as a nurse, and he gets to see her two months out of the year so that he can do what he's doing because he believes in this, and his wife believes in this, right? And when I went to a church in the mountains, right, it took us two hours to get up there from town. And the pastor, with his own money, man, he worked up and he saved because he said, these people need these people need the gospel. These people need Jesus. These people need to know. And he sleeps up there, three, and he was showing me his garden, and he was like, man, we're going to start a garden up here so that these people can, like, the people that I love can eat, like, a better, like, better meals, right? And his wife goes up there, and, like, you know, as a family, they decided that, you know, that they all prayed, and his daughter wasn't going to go to America so they could serve the people. Like, man, the, their heart is like, man, how can I serve God, and how can I serve these people? And it's just, it is just beautiful. Really, I mean, it's just really beautiful because they've they found the treasure, right? And they just want to share it with whoever they can. And you see that, I mean, in, in everything that they do. And, um, I mean, and it, and it costs. I mean, like, like Hanson has sent out people who, because they made the decision to follow Jesus, are no longer alive, right? Like, and yet people still continue to train with him. Why? Why? Because it's worth it. And I just, man, I, it's just... It was just so beautiful, like, just the heart of service, just the heart of love, just the heart of community was just amazing. And and I just found, like, even when we were in Kathmandu, at the end of the video there, you saw a bunch of girls singing, right? Those girls were all either A, rescued out of human trafficking, or B, were related to somebody who had been rescued out of human trafficking, right? And And the reason why was because God had put it on, on somebody's heart to say, no more. No more. That children's home got started because there was a man in India, and he saw a body of a girl in the street. And the Indian said, oh, that's a Nepali. You don't have to worry about it. That's fine. They'll get rid of the body soon enough. And he said, "No. no, 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 no. And man, you see the fruit, right? Like you see the fruit, and like today that ministry is run by Nepalis. Today they're they're rescuing, they're rescuing They're rescuing people, but they're not just, man, they're they're giving them a family and they're teaching them that there's a God that loves them and they have new starts and they're they're talking about like all the beautiful beginnings that God has given them, right? How they've celebrated marriages that these girls have had. And and like, man, you see the joy as they're singing. It's real. Like and that was one of the things, man, when I, was, when, I was, when I was there, I was talking to the director and she was like, what were you expecting to see when you met these girls? Sad faces with no hope? She said, no. When God changes a life, when Jesus redeems a person, he redeems them completely. And they have a new beginning. And I just, I just was, was so amazed. I mean, and it just showed me it doesn't matter if in the United States of America or if you're in the mountains of Nepal. Man, when God is in a place, man, it's, it's good. <laughs> when he touches lives, it's so good. And he's for everybody. And I, I was just amazed that I drove, I had the privilege to drive two hours into a mountain and sit in a, you know, a tin building that had been sacrificially made and sing worship songs (laughs) that I didn't know the language to. But it didn't matter because we were part of the same family and we had the same God. And I'm going to spend forever with them in eternity because God said, you're important too. And I just, heart after heart after heart after heart, it just became so clear, like, man, these Nepali believers, man, they just, they understand it's worth. It's worth the joy. <laughs> Maybe a sacrifice, but it's worth the joy. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's important too, like to understand that what they are doing is illegal. It's it's okay. You're, it's legal in Nepal to be have whatever faith you want. They have that freedom, but sharing your faith, proselytizing, is really looked down on. And not okay and I love to see they these guys these pastors especially but all of them the the Christians are like they believe it so much that they paint crosses on their door and they um, they publicly proclaim it they go out and you know at risk of their own safety and risk of their own freedom they go and they share the gospel with people we met um, you know, So we were in Kathmandu, which is a city of millions. And then we flew on a sketchy little plane out to um, Dharan, which is where um, Hansen's ministry is and where we spent most of our time with the pastors there. Dharan is a city of like 130,000. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> you wouldn't like, think that when you were in it. But it's 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 a large area. But you know, we were maybe in the tallest building in the whole city. It's our hotel that we were in, and it was six stories high. But like, every, you know, it's pretty, like you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it wasn't rural, but it was you know, it was a city. But then we got to go um, out into the countryside a little bit um, on our last day in Daran. We went and drove forever and ever it seemed like, and we visited. Um, this little church, that was in um, in the middle of farmland, we had, like getting to it was pretty sketchy, um, and we get there and there's you know it's the middle of the afternoon and there were four or five people in this church, and they just have this little it's outside but they just have this little covering built, um, and they were just so excited to have us there they. But when they, I love, when they stepped into the place that they identify as church, it's just in their yard, right? Like, you walk into their yard, and there's ho- their house is over here. And then out in their yard, they've just got this little covering, and that's their church. And when they, when they step in there, they take their shoes off, and it's like it's a, a di- it's a very different place. And so they, we sat facing them in their church, and they sat facing us from inside that little covering, because it wasn't big enough for all of us to be in there, and they sang Nepali songs, worship songs to us or with us, and um, and then the the pastor of that little church, man, um, he shared with us his story. He his name is Raj Kumar, and he he's pastoring in a couple different places. So he has a, a church in a different city, but then he tra- travels out to these, like, remote villages to start and plant churches there. And, yeah, he shared his story with us, and it was just really impactful. He, um, a few years ago, was, was beaten um, for 40 minutes with sticks. That was his punishment um, because he was, he got a little too uh, aggressive with the way that he was sharing the gospel. Um, and as a result of that, like, it brought shame on his family and his wife decided she couldn't be within anymore because of that. She wasn't, you know, she counted the cost and decided it was too great. And so she left him, um, you know, a tra- tragic story by most, uh, you know, most of us looking from the outside. But if I had to pick one person who had more joy and more excitement about Jesus, that was Rajkumar. He, everywhere he went, had a big smile on his face. And, I mean, he sang... It was so awesome and awkward. He sang, like he got up in that little, you know, covering of a church, and he sang the songs that he had had written for, like, children's ministry at his other church. And he's doing the hand motions, and, man, he was just, like, so in love with Jesus. And he just wanted us to be a part of that with him. Uh, But, man, it cost him something. It cost all of them something. And I think that was the thing for me as we visited the churches and, and just to, even since we've been back, Um, Some of them have been, we've been messaging on Facebook and they send me pictures, Pastor Simon keeps sending me pictures of his church out sharing the gospel, like they're just on the street and they're handing out tracts about Jesus and I just love their boldness and the way that they.
2: Can I share one more thing? When I think part of why, like, I mean like for Simon, like he shared some of his story, we were on, it's like, we call it like the mountaintop conversation. Um, and it was just really it was just awesome because we got a chance to really get away from all the like hustle and bustle. We got a chance to share hearts and like he shared how he became a follower of Jesus. And he said, you know, when I was a boy, like, I, you know, I grew up like every other Nepali. And my parents, you know, <laughs> they got sick. And so like every other, you know, Nepali, we went to the different temples and like we we went and we we asked for prayer and for healing they said, somehow my parents ended up in a church and they prayed for them. And he said, And God miraculously healed my family. And he said, My my parents didn't know what to do with it, right? But over time they began to realize what had happened to them. And he said, as a boy, I remember coming to my parents and saying, What what are we? I don't know what we are anymore. I just I just want to follow, I just wanna follow whoever whoever you follow, right, and his parents said, well, now we follow Jesus because Jesus healed our family, and how, like, man, when you talk to Simon, that's, like, a key moment for him, like, ultimately it became real for him in his life, and, like, now, like, he's, like, when you come to Jesus, we believe that he will heal you, right? I mean, he's just got such bold faith, and he, man, I I just, but he's so humble, and I just think it's, like, man, there's just this reality of, like, is God real or is he not? Can he do the things that he says he can do or, or is he not going to? And because, I think because of just like the faith that they have and just like that they've counted the cost, I just was so honored to have got to have learned from them because I've, I've come back thinking like, man, I just want to be more like them because they remind me of just the sacrificial and servant heart of, of our king. Like I can think of few godlier people than the ones that I met over there. They, you know, they were like, oh, you're such an encouragement to us. I'm glad we got a chance to encourage them and, like, let them know, hey, on the other side of the world, there's people who are praying for you. But, man, like, if I, if I want to grow up to be somebody, like, I want to grow up to be like a, like a Simon or a Hanson, and, uh, because, man, they just reflect Jesus.
4: Yeah, thank you. Um, You hear a ton of stories, right, about our trip and different things, and but none of this would have been able to happen with the young lady at the end right there. Um, to have to travel with us, um, <laughs> there's special grace that God gave her for <laughs> 10 days, I'm sure, because it was a miracle. Um, but I just want Lisa to share a little bit, and our, I know our time is, is is limited to some degree, so a little bit about the ministry that we connected with that you're a part of called 514. And... Um, yeah, just share a little bit about that.
6: Yeah, so really quickly, um, a background. I've been working kind of with Nepal partners um, for about five, six years, um, doing trips like the ones that we took. um, And about a year ago, um, we were having conversations with Mark and Andrea, and they were like, hey, we want to go visit this guy, Hanson, in Nepal. Would you guys be interested in taking us? We have no idea how to get to Nepal, how to navigate that, so it was really um, a blessing for us to get to kind of merge two things that we love so much. Um, So one of the organizations I've had the honor with partnering with for about five years is called 514, and as Matt shared, um, they, in Kathmandu, there's two organizations, um, Apple of God's Eyes, so as Matt shared, those little girls that were singing. Um, Apple of God's Eyes is an organization that um, was started about 20 years ago. And what they do is really um, help women and children who have been um, trafficked just restart their life. So counseling, they have five homes, they have a school, they have a counseling center, um, and they help just in every area of their life just get back on track Um, And be able to live, like, a whole um, awesome life. So that's Apple of God's Eyes. And then 514 is a very, um, I would call, innovative and interesting way to look at the problem of human trafficking. So they realized that most women that were in India that were trafficked were coming from these small villages in Nepal. So... Their idea was, hey, what if we um, take all these tourists that are already in Kathmandu? If you didn't know, Kathmandu is home of Mount Everest. So a lot of people come to go trekking in Kathmandu. And so what 514 saw was, historically, there was just kind of like one trek that could get you to base camp, which is very, very popular for trekkers. And they said, what if we make other trails and treks and take people um, to these remote villages and... Go and you know help them um, set up a homestay. So when trekkers are walking, they can they can stay in a small village and get tea and food and stay for the night. What if we equip these small villages to bring money and business into those villages, so they don't have to. Sell their young girls, so they have a really interesting way of preventing trafficking, and it's working. And they're um, they've really seen villages where um, people would say, "Don't go to that village. Um, people will be meeting you with knives. Like you'll get killed. Like very dangerous places filled with mobs and just." Really, a lot of darkness, and they went in um, just trusting that God had called them and saw something totally different, and were able to really flip that city, flip that village of um, now seeing no girls being trafficked out of those villages. So, they're an awesome um, partner, and how they kind of worked with us on this trip is um, a beautiful young girl named Sanam, she came with us, and she was our tour guide, so she interpreted for us and just took care of us, Um, and so 514 kind of uses adventure and tourism to help prevent trafficking, so if you have any other questions about that, you can come find me after, but I would say for me, um, the thing I, I really took home from this trip was seeing how, man, the world is really big, but God, like, takes these little connections and just makes it really small. So I know in the future we're like, oh, how can we get um, Hanson connected with 514, you know, and work with those businesses? Like these people that live pretty close to each other um, that haven't met, we can kind of be that connector and, and see what God does with that. So it was just cool to see. Um, and it was it was really fun and enjoyable. I had lots of laughs with uh, Mark Johns. If you didn't know, if you didn't see the picture... On our little dinky airplane, um, they put his ticket as Mark Johns. So, yes, that's the face of Mark Johns. So, yeah, thanks.
5: Since we've got you as a captive audience, I just want to personally pitch something. Lisa and I have been going to Nepal for like five or six years, and uh, we've been praying for a long time about possibly eventually moving there or just continuing to deepen the type of ministry connections we're making there. So uh, since you're all here and you're all listening, just uh, if, you, if you pray, pray about that for us. We'd really appreciate uh, clarity on what next steps we're supposed to take as a family.
4: Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. I'm going to ask the band to come. And as they're coming, you know, so what's next, right, as far as Nepal? What's next? We do foresee future trips, at least another future trip. Um, If you have any interest at all in maybe going on a future trip to Nepal, Micah and Lisa are going to be in the back. They'll have a sign-up sheet. Um, To be honest with you, we're not exactly sure what that looks like or when, um, but we do believe that God has us partnering with Hanson for a reason, and that is to continue to spread the gospel there in Nepal and share the love of Jesus. And so if you have any interest at all, maybe on Participating in a future trip, just see them after the gathering this morning. If you have a Bible, real quick, I just want to read this verse for us, and then we're going to stand and sing together. Um, Why do all this, (laughs) right? Like, why go to Nepal? Why do we support someone named Hanson? Why in the world, the dudes? You know, we met each other on Facebook. Why are we investing, right? Why? Why are the Christians in Nepal, why are they sacrificing so much so that people can hear about Jesus? Why are they giving so much so that people can hear about this, this person named Jesus? And there's a verse in the Bible in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 9, which I think tells us the why. It reminds us of our why, why we should go next door and share the good news of Jesus, why we should tell our coworkers about Jesus, why we should have people in our homes so that they can hear about Jesus, why we should continue supporting Hanson, and why we should go across the world to tell people about Jesus. Here's the why. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you, Jesus. To take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Did you you catch that? For you were slain, Jesus, and by your blood, Jesus, you purchased a people. A people. You're about people. You're about rescuing people out of their sinfulness and shame and guilt because you want to be with them. He says, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. That is why we go. That is why Hansen goes. That is why we give. That is why we stay and we tell people about Jesus, because he is rescuing a people for himself. And So let's stand together and let's sing these songs, but let's just pause for a moment to prepare our hearts. And as we pause, would you just right where you stand, just take a moment to just pray would you pray for Hanson? Would you pray for um, those in Nepal who need to hear the love of Jesus, for those in Nepal who are telling people about Jesus, for Pastor Simon, for Pastor Jebin, for the Apple of God's Eye Children's Home? Would you pray for Micah and Lisa as they navigate if God is leading them to move there? Just take a moment right where you stand and just pray. Just pray that Jesus would make his name known amongst the wonderful people
3: of Nepal.
7: Living Church, we try to just break all the extra stuff away and go right back to, okay, if, it, if, if we look specifically at the New Testament, at scripture, how does the church work? Okay, let's do that. Paul, it reminds me a lot of... How Paul, oftentimes, like more than half the time, he ends his letters with this, this like final greeting and he's naming off these people and the ministries they're doing and, and how the church needs to be praying for them and supporting them. So this is what I thought of as I was hearing this. And this is from Colossians 4. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts and with him, Onesimus, our faithful beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras. Who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you. And for those of Laodicea and Heropolis, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Damas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and to the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read to the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read this letter from Laodicea and say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. Those passages in the New Testament always seem like passages until something like this happens. Where we go over and we hear about Hansen, and we've been praying for Hanson and then we come back and we hear about Hansen and we hear about Simon and we hear about Jeban and we hear about these other names that I don't know how to say right. And God is doing something there directly. And he, they are one of us. We are one of them. They pray for us. I know Hanson tells us that all the time. So church, thank you for being the church. Thank you for this morning living out scripture rather than just hearing a sermon of scripture. As one kind of final thing of, of we are together, we are one, Matt Wallen is going to lead us in a Nepali song. And with that, we'll be sent out.
2: Okay. All right. So I'm going to need a little bit of help making sure I'm saying this right for my Nepali friends. The way that you say thank you is danyavad, right? With a, is it with a v or a b? Danyavad. That's what I thought. Okay. All right. So listen, man. One of the things that we just kept saying was like, man, these, these brothers and sisters over in Nepal, they were just a joyful people. And they were thankful. And there was a song that they sang, and the only words to the song were danyavad, all right? So can you say that with me? It's danyavad, danyavad, all right? Ready? Three, two, one, danyavad, all right? So I'm, I'm not a singer, but I'll sing it once for you, <laughs> all right? And then uh, I'll invite you to do it with me, all right? I heard this song all over Nepal. Um, from, from Christians who are just so thankful. And the song goes, danyavad 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 And they just keep singing it, all right? You think you can do that with me? Yeah. All right, let's give it a shot. Danya, Danyavad Dany